As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Welcome to Brothers in Arms, brought to you by Catholic Men for Jesus Christ, with your hosts, George Rose and Bill Maher. Stay tuned as George, Bill, and their guests discuss topics relevant to Catholic men living out their faith in today's challenging world. And now, here are the hosts of Brothers in Arms, George Rose and Bill Maher. Good evening, my brothers. This is Bill Maher. I'm here with my co-host, George Rose, and we are Brothers in Arms. It is uh, wonderful to be with you here on this Friday, March 6th. We just came off the heels of a phenomenal Catholic Men for Jesus Christ conference. (laughs) Powerful. You sound like one of the Marvel superheroes, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) It was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal time. We had uh, the great Mark Desher of the New York Yankees, Steve Auth from Wall Street, and Marcelino D'Ambrosio, Doctor. Doctor Italy. Yeah, it was phenomenal. And most of all, we had, you know, upwards of eight, seven, eight, nine hundred men, whatever the number was. It was just it was a packed church at uh, St. Mary's in, in Middletown. And uh, man, the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit was there. He was yeah. there clearly. Yeah. And uh, we're all better for it. Yeah, what a great day it was, huh? Uh, there's always great energy in the air in the church when we do the... Uh, consecration to mary at the beginning isn't there electric yeah it's like like a calm <laughs> comes down over the place but you can feel her presence you know which oh absolutely really cool and uh awesome speakers first time we ever had a new york yankee in 23 years as you said how about that wow wow and a world series uh ring holder uh rbi and home run leader in 2009 yeah i think he came in second in mvp vote voting that year yeah so i mean what you know it was great we, we set him up uh for those of you who weren't there we set him up showing a, a home run video, basically, and he was just crushing the ball. <laughs> what was great about Mark was he'd crush the ball from the left side. He'd crush the ball from the right, right side. And yeah. Just, yeah. It, was, it was pretty well, uh, When pretty we were electric. in the back of the church, I leaned over to him. I said, I could watch these highlights all day. <laughs> I think he said the and same thing. He, went up and he said, yeah, I could watch these highlights all day. <laughs> it was, it was phenomenal. Uh, thanks, uh, guys, for coming, all those that were there. Hopefully you, uh, you got a great experience. And, and for those of you that weren't there, come. Come, you know, you can watch a, a conference on TV. You could watch events on TV. You can you can do all those things with the media we have these days. But to be present uh, for an event like that is something completely definite. It's, it's kind of like it's kind of like eating artificially flavored candy versus like the real McCoy, you know, or food. You know, it's like it's that extra bump you get. That you, you that can't fun. replace the you brotherhood and the fellowship. We need that can. as men, don't we? As Absolutely. human beings, we need it, right? Hundred percent. Hundred percent, and we do tend to default to kind of being on our own, don't we? We we shut down, we close the door, and we don't want to bother with anyone. Yeah. Really, we got to come out of ourselves. So yeah. it was a great conference. Uh, both uh, George and I uh, were. were and Bill, you did a great job as the MC uh, all day as usual. You've been doing that for a while now. No, I, it's it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. It's fun to to, to be in front of everyone. Uh, and and George, of course, you had a. A taste of that by uh, thanking our amazing bishop. We, yeah. lest we forget, uh, yeah. Bishop O'Connell gave a stirring homily, and uh, you know it's kind of neat too because after mass he kind of snuck into the confessional and he was hearing confessions. So it's not a bad thing when you show up on a confessional line. All of a sudden you have the bishop. <laughs> it's pretty right? cool. Yeah, he probably doesn't get a chance to do that as much as he would like. I would imagine. I'd imagine. You know, one of the the challenges I'm sure of running a diocese is, you know, you, you get less time to to be a priest. You know, mm-hmm. to, to do the little priestly things that you love and, and why you went into the, the seminary for you and became a priest. So I'm sure that that was uh, 
enriching for him as well. Um, but it was just phenomenal. I'm just amazingly excited about it. And thank you again for everyone for coming there. Um, as we kick off the show, we always have a patron saint for the month. Patron saint of the month. Yep. And this month, it's my personal patron saint, George. Who is it? St. Joseph. Aha. <laughs> Terror of demons. Terror of demons. Savior of the Savior. Yes, in- <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, uh, St. Joseph uh, is our saint of the month, Billy. And I was kind of reflecting when we were tra- choosing our, our saint of the month, who we would do this month. And his feast day is March 18th, uh, I believe, the day after St. Patrick's Day. Another one of my favorite saints. Um, but recently, uh, Father Donald Calloway... Uh, just came out with a book. It was published, yeah, Marian Immaculate Conception, one of the young dynamic priests in our country, um, one of the greatest dy- dynamic priests in our country. And uh, he uh, came out with a book called uh, Consecration to St. Joseph. And mm-hmm. uh, it was published on January 1st this year. So he's been out uh, promoting it, and, and so have the Marians. And it's really, um, boy, it just seems to fit. You know, uh, St. Louis de Montfort wrote uh, Total Consecration to Mary, right? Mm-hmm. Total Devotion to Mary. And uh, there, there's comments from, uh, I'll read you some comments from uh, uh, people who endorse the book in, in itself. I mean, it's an amazing lineup of endorsements. Uh, uh, Cardinal uh, Raymond Burke, um, Jim Caviezel, mm-hmm. for a friend of uh, Brothers in Arms and Catholic Men for Jesus Christ. And, and Jim Caviezel writes... Uh, years ago, I was given a copy of True Devotion to Mary by St. Louis de Montfort. That book impacted my spiritual life like no other, and I've recommended it to many people. I believe that Father Calloway's consecration to St. Joseph will have a similar impact in the spiritual lives of people around the world. If the Blessed Virgin Mary is our spiritual mother and refuge, St. Joseph is our living, loving spiritual father and the missing peace needed in a world searching for truth, peace, and hope. Wow. I mean, you know, and that's a, you know, sometimes uh, spiritually we could be, um, you know, uh, almost feel guilty if, you know, if we have a great devotion to Mary. Oh, I, I don't want to cheat on my, my devotion to Mary and have another devotion. You know, but that's kind he of a silly response to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of a silly it, it, thought. Um, yeah. That you can, you can do both. Absolutely. <laughs> In no fact, you, you can have a devotion to many saints. And remember, we're yeah. family. Yeah. We need a mother and a father. We right? do. We so do. And I think he's the mother. He's the father. He is that missing piece. And he's also a great answer to, to the men on the other end of this line. You know, so many guys, we, we need a, a great male model. I mean, what an amazing male model is Joseph. He took the worries of the world on his shoulder. I mean, he packed up his family under persecution. He went to the unknown. He did so much, and he stayed devoted the whole way through. So what a great model. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and to continue with some of the endorsements, you know, Scott Hahn, mm-hmm. right? We all know how great this Scott Hahn, the great uh, theologian, writes, this book is a marvel. <laughs> wow, how about that? It is a summary of the whole of the study of St. Joseph, the wisdom of the saints, the teachings of the popes, and the reflections of theologians. And yet, it is readable and accessible to anyone, clergy or laity, men or women, married or single. This book and consecration to St. Joseph are gifts not only from Father Calloway, but from our Lord to get us through our current crisis and all the way home to heaven. Let us look to and learn from St. Joseph, the spiritual father of us all. Amen. Right? So he's got, I mean, that's pretty powerful stuff coming from Scott Hahn. That is the, the brain, the, the lay brain of the church. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he's got, you know, Dr. Ray Gorendi, Chris Stefanik, 
Johnette Bankovic. Uh, I mean, it's like a who's who of you know Catholic yeah. evangelists <laughs> endorsing endorsing the book, including a cardinal. You know he, what's great about Father Calloway is um, he's a very accessible priest in the sense that he's a convert. In the sense of, he's he, not even he, a convert. He, he was he lived, an atheist. Right. He grew up as nothing, right? He, and he lived a, a, a what he describes as a bad, very bad life, mm-hmm. right? But he came to his faith. So he's very accessible for all of us because we're all screw-ups, right? I mean, what's the definition of insanity, George? Uh, To keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. George, do we do that every day? Sure we do. In little ways? And guys, you do as well. We're all nuts. (laughs) We're all broken. we, We all have a story. And sometimes... That brokenness can be, you know, because the devil's the great tempter, but on the on the same time, when you make when you do commit the sin, he's the great accuser, right? Mm-hmm. So you got that voice saying, "Listen, I'm not worthy," but you are. Yeah, you are. So Father Calloway is a great uh, river, if you will, to devotion to Saint Joseph because he's like so many of us. He's lived and he, and he struggled, yet he's he's got this beautiful priesthood, and he's bringing us this amazing devotion to. Yeah, this and he attributes saint. his uh, his priesthood to Medjugorje. And, and a book that he saw uh, sure. in, his, in his home. So, so it seems like Mary is always the, the root. You know, for me, in my personal uh, conversion story or reversion story, I struggled with the idea of Jesus. You know, when you go to Hollywood movies and you see all these different portrayals, except for Jim Caviezel's, but that was later in my life. But they, Jesus was always portrayed as like this effeminate, weak dude. And I couldn't relate to that. Mm. You know, I was playing sports and all that stuff. And, I, I, you know, if, if this is Jesus... Uh, there's, there's no strength there. Mm-hmm. When the contrary, it was really the case, and we saw that with, with Caviezel's great portrayal of him. So I struggled with the whole idea of, of you know Jesus, but I never struggled with the idea of my mom right. going to my mother. Right. And Mary brought me to Jesus Christ, and that's what she does for everyone. She sure. is a river to her son. Everybody loves Mary, but uh, the mom and, and the dad play a different role, as we know. We're 100%. both parents, and, and anybody who's a kid knows that. Actually, everybody knows that. <laughs> 100%. You know, a couple things from the book, Billy, um, that uh, I would like to point out uh, or bring up is that, you know, for the first 1,800 years of the church, uh, Father Calloway writes, and, and he quotes some some saints in here as well, uh, St. John of the Cross, uh, also St. Jose Manionette, uh, that, uh, you know, St. Joseph was not very well known, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's only one word that he uh, speaks in, in the entire New Testament, and he doesn't actually speak it. It's just, uh, you will name him, I will name him Jesus, I think. Uh, I've read that from Chris Stefanik. <laughs> so he, he sa- <laughs> it says that he said the word Jesus. <laughs> um, so... We don't know a lot. I mean, we don't know a lot from him directly, you know, but the last 150 years has really been a time where St. Joseph has been starting to be revealed more to the world. And the church, uh, the Catholic Church, has really been um, at at the forefront uh, of promoting that. A couple ways that that's happening, right? In 1870, Blessed Pope Pius IX declared St. Joseph the patron of the universal church, Mm. right? Uh, About 150 years ago. And there's a number of times that St. Joseph has actually has appeared with the Blessed Virgin, believe it or not. I, n- I never really paid a whole lot of attention to this, you know. And the apparitions in Knock, Ireland, St. Joseph appeared with the Blessed Virgin Mary, St. John the Apostle, and Jesus, who appeared as the Lamb of God. That was wow. in 1879. Fatima, uh, 1917, in Portugal, during the last apparition on October 13th, St. Joseph appeared holding the child Jesus and blessing the world. Did you realize that? 
Yeah, I, I, rem- <laughs> I remember, and also St. Michael. I, I remember there were some, some other apparitions there, if you will, along with Mary. Right. Um, 1921, Pope Benedict XV inserted the phrase, Blessed be St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse, into the divine praises. Um, <clears throat> in 1962, St. Pope John Twenty-Third inserted St. Joseph's name into the canon of the Mass, Eucharistic Prayer One. And in 1989, uh, St. Pope John Paul II wrote Redemptoris Custos, which is an apostolic exhortation on St. Joseph. Mm. And lastly, and I had no idea, um, 2013, Pope Francis, uh, echoing and fulfilling the intentions of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, inserted the name of St. Joseph into all the Eucharistic prayers. Wow. He also consecrated Vatican City State to St. Joseph. To about seven years ago. I didn't realize that all of that was happening, but it's um, pretty amazing. So I, I would um, urge you guys, check out the book, Consecration to St. Joseph by Father Donald Calloway. He is, I read his other book, Champions of the Rosary, and mm-hmm. he is a great uh, historian. He will give you the history uh, of, of all of the events of, of St. Joseph in the last 150 years and what other saints have said about him. Um, he's going to bring St. Joseph to life for you uh, if he's not already, uh, y- you know, living for you. And uh, I-, I would just highly recommend getting him. Billy, I think maybe we should try to get Father Cowley on the show, maybe talk about the book a little bit. Oh, yeah, uh, and, and previous books, yeah. But St. Saint, but Saint Joseph is, uh, is, is a marvelous saint to, to, to have a devotion to, so I recommend all you guys do that. Remember, he protected, served, fed, clothed, taught the Savior. I mean, my gosh, how close can you get? And I can have personal testimonies in my life that, you know, uh, you know, a few times I've prayed novenas to St. Joseph for, for important moments in my life and, and was answered every single time. So mm. he's, a, he's an amazing saint. Um, he's so close with our Lord. And our Lord wants us to have these devotions because we're family, right? Th- those are our brothers. He's our brother in heaven. You know, he's our, in some ways a spiritual father to me as, as my patron. He's my spiritual father. So, uh, so reach out to St. Joseph this, this amazing month um, with two great saints we can talk of. You mentioned St. Patrick, too, is an amazing saint as well. In fact, there's a great movie coming out about St. Patrick, I Am Patrick. Good call. Yeah, I can't wait to see March, that. March, I think, 18th and 19th. I think it's, I think it's the 17th, 17th and 18th. 18th. So in select theaters, take a look at that. That's George. It's actually playing at all the AMCs around here. I know it's playing at AMC Hamilton, just a two-day engagement. But, uh, yeah, it looks great. Yeah, I mean, it's got a great, you know, if you remember Lord of the Rings, Gimli and Indiana Jones, you know, the uh, Indiana Jones' friend in Egypt, George Rise Davies or something, I forget his name, but but Rise Davies, a classic Hollywood actor, plays uh, St. Patrick as an older man. So uh, definitely... uh, Looks like it's got a great cast, and uh, yeah, my son, my son uh, Sean, who's making his confirmation this spring, uh, chose Patrick as his confirmation. How name, about so. that? Yes. <laughs> so anyway. shout out to Shawnee, who's been sick all week. <laughs> what, what a great month! We got St. Patrick's Day, we got the Feast of St. Joseph, and we have spring in the air. It's yes, getting, you know, a little bit chillier today, but th- this coming week, we're talking about days in the sixties. I mean, this yeah, is, this right? is good stuff. Yeah, you know. So anyway. Uh, you know, St. Patrick, uh, St. Patrick and St. Joseph, please pray for pray us. Pray for us. And uh, guys, we're going to be back in just uh, two minutes or so and talk a little bit about the news, local news and uh, international. You are called to holiness. A day of recollection and conference will be held on Saturday, April 4th from 9 a.m. to 6.15 p.m. at the Cathedral Basilica of Saints Peter and Paul in Philadelphia. The outstanding speakers will be Cardinal Raymond Burke, Bishop Joseph Strickland, and Father Dennis Gill. 
There will be opportunity for confession, adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, praying of the Holy Rosary, procession and crowning of the National Pilgrim Virgin Statue of Our Lady of Fatima, and a beautiful Palm Sunday Vigil Mass with the Cathedral Choir. Priests are welcome to concelebrate and are asked to bring their albs. Registration is required and the cost of the day is $65 per person, $20 for students, and no charge for priests, religious, and seminarians. Lunch will be served and refreshments available throughout the day. Tables are available for vendors. To obtain more information and register, please go to the conference website, stjohnneumannchapter.org. That's S-T-John-N-E-U-M-A-N-N-Chapter.org. Or call 215-247-2585. That's 215-247-2585. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media? P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. Or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. Well, welcome back, my brothers. This is Bill Maher, and I'm here with my co-host, George Rose, and this is Brothers in Arms. And we are CIA, Billy. What does that mean, Catholics in action. Yeah, baby. (laughs) (laughs) FBI. (laughs) Firm believers in. (laughs) Indeed, in our Lord and Savior. And we are uh, just coming back after a break uh, where we talked a little bit about our great devotion uh, and our saint of the month, which is St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Um, definitely let's pray to St. Joseph, develop a relationship with this amazing saint that is, like Mary, a river to her son. So we wanted to just touch base on some, some local and, and you know, international news. One of the first things we want to mention, as we did in the previous segment, is we, had, we were just coming off the heels of an amazing Catholic Member Jesus Christ conference. Um, electrifying day. We had Mark share who we're going to interview guys in a little while, former Yankee uh, World Series uh, ring holder, uh, RBI and home run leader in 2009. And a great father. <laughs> and a great father and Catholic man himself. So we're going to come back with, with Mark and he was at our conference. Uh, it was phenomenal. We had Steve Auth, uh, who was uh, you know, a major player on Wall Street at uh, Federated. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he gave a great testimony with his missions on the street of the New missionary York City. of Wall Street. Yeah, that's right. Um, and this is no lightweight, by the way. This is a real Wall Street guy. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone knows someone from Wall Street. I got a connection. No, this is a big guy on Wall Street. <laughs> and of course, we had Marcelina D'Ambrosio, the great Catholic evangelist uh, and author and theologian. Dr. Italy, as he's affectionately known as. So it's just an amazing, amazing day. And of course, we had our bishop. Um, so it's just... You know what? I'm still like just like numb to in a good way as to how amazing mm. that day was. So, but you know, as we venture out in our days, there's so much in the news. Um, one of the things I picked up right away is uh, it's interesting that whole Louisiana abortion clinic rule heads now to the Supreme Court. So there's a lot of upheaval in the media and in the cultural world, uh, upset about this, uh, which is technically not even a law to even prevent abortion. It's just basically a law that says that if you're not 
30 miles within a hospital and they're not practicing safe standards right as a, as a as a clinic you shouldn't be doing these things so it's like my gosh you'd think even well, you though, need to have it, it so for an abortion clinic the doctor at the clinic needs to have admitting privileges at a admitting hospital admitting privileges miles, you right? need to have the same safety standards at surgical surgery centers uh, admitting privileges to the hospital to your point it's just basically good medical practice and i'd imagine you know, even if you're you're someone who's in favor of abortion, you'd want at least a facility that's has sure, standards. Sure, something happens, right? Things right, happen it is to, surgery uh, during during abortions. But this, so, so I think a number of states have that uh, that law in place already. But this is being challenged. So this would make it uh, if the Supreme Court be federal says, law. okay, it'll be federal law. Right. So every state in the union has to have right. it. So that's why there's so much. Um, talk in the media about it <laughs> exactly and and the reason why you know people like george myself uh who who are against the idea any idea of abortion is that if this goes into effect in louisiana two-thirds of abortion clinics will be shut down because they're outside those policy standards right so this is where the the, the you know the uproar if you will in in those that are in favor of you know you know murder yeah you know just yeah. put it bluntly mm. so anyway pray for that um and maybe that's a great cause to uh bring to saint joseph our patron saint of this month great call so also, uh, I find uh, it was really interesting as I'm looking at international news. Uh, there's a proposed amendment in Russia. You know, there's a picture of uh, this comes through Catholic News Agency, March 3rd uh, or June. Uh, yeah, March 3rd. Uh, it's a picture of Putin with uh, with our, our wonderful pope. And this proposed amendment would actually define marriage between a man and a woman. Um, so as we struggle what, in, the, in the Russian Constitution, correct. And as we struggle with this issue in the United States, Russia, which seems to be going more and more back to their roots in faith, um, they might be leading the way. So hats off to to Russia and, and our Eastern brothers. Yeah, mm. it is ironic. So I, I, it struck it struck me because, you know, if you you know anyone from Europe that comes to the United States would still say, like the Tocqueville said, you know, you know a couple hundred years ago that the U.S. is a still a pretty religious company, uh, country. When you go to, to services, there's still good crowds in America. It's not the case in Europe and a lot of parts of the world. So you'd think that we'd be ahead of this curve. We'd be, we'd be enacting these laws. But the problem in this country is the faithful tend to be very quiet mm -hmm. and the reactionaries tend to be very loud. And you know what? The squeaky wheel gets oil, and that's really been the case since the 1960s in this country. The squeaky wheel has gotten a lot of oil, and and the pro problem there is is not even that amendments are getting passed or laws are getting passed. Is that with that slide, it's like the pot is heating up slowly, and so many good people are losing their values. Mm. So we we do have to stand up. Finally, let's stand up. Let's pray again. Bring it to St. Joseph, and let's uh, have similar amendments in this uh, in this country as well. Just common sense stuff. Yeah, amen. The other thing I I, uh, I can't help but mention is right now COVID nineteen is all over the What's news. What's that, Bill? That's the coronavirus. I right? know. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's everywhere in the media, right? Yeah. So you know, how do you how do you make heads out of that as a Catholic man or woman if you're listening to this? For well, one thing. You know, I, I want to mention is let's not panic. I mean, ultimately, you know, when you look at the even the death rates, you're looking at anywhere from one to three and a half percent, which is, you know, certainly if you had those odds to win the lottery, you'd be excited. But let's not, you know, freak out here. I mean, most people that are passing, you know, we pray for them, but they tend to be immunocompromised people, whether they're old or young or immunocompromised. Mm -hmm. And most cases of this virus are, have mild symptoms. 
So let's not panic. But that doesn't mean we don't have to take some good precautions, right? We could be smart about this as Catholics. First and foremost, let's be people of joy, right? As, as our father, Jeff, who hosted our conference this year, often says that as Christians, as Catholics, we should be people of joy. You know, mm-hmm. we have the good news. In fact, we, we have our hope and mer- the mercy of God that we have a better destination. So should, we should be happy regardless, because death is coming to all of us anyway <laughs> at <laughs> some point. So let's, let's be, you know, let's have this in the proper uh, perspective. Um, but there's some things you could do. Obviously, mom used to say, you know, cover your mouth when you cough and sneeze. Well, cover your mouth when you cough and sneeze. My kids do the old vampire. They'll bring their arms the up. Elbow, inside like the elbow. elbow. Yeah, yeah, my son does that too. So, I mean, be, be courteous to other people, you know, obviously. You know, if, if, if someone is sneezing, you know, God bless you, but you may be walking, you know, keeping a little bit of distance is not a bad idea as well, you know. Um, we want to boost our immune system. You know, Linus Pauling years ago uh, talked about the benefits of vitamin C. Well, make sure you have vitamin C in your diet. And there's a great uh, dose, uh, bowel dosage uh, dependency method where you can get maximum levels of vitamin D based on bowel, bowel tolerance. Um, you can look that up online. And the, and the reason why vitamin C is so important for humans is we don't produce it. Right. Yeah, all, almost every other species on the planet produces vitamin C, but humans, we're meant to have a lot of fruit and vegetables in our diet, even though modern man doesn't necessarily do that. And because, you know, historically, through our, our, our development as human beings, we stop producing it naturally. So we need to supplement vitamin C. So get vitamin C in your body. It's critically important for your immune system. Now, you mentioned something about the bowels. What is that, Bill? So there's a way of taking vitamin C. So if you take vitamin C powder and you take a scoop and you drink it, and if you don't have diarrhea, you're not at your your peak level. And every half an hour, you take like a, a, a teaspoon and you fill it <laughs> up in water until you have diarrhea. And then that's your bowel tolerance. So now you drop <laughs> back a dosage and then that's your vitamin C level. I don't know, Mr. Day. Producer, how do you feel about that? <laughs> well, this is this is the scientific formula for getting uh, to, to the levels yeah. that your I body I knew I is. had to uh, somehow drag that out of you. You can't, you can't mention that word bowel on this program and not explain yourself. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, though, when you are sick, yes. your, your levels that your body can receive go much higher because um, you need more vitamin C when you're sick. So, okay, gotcha. so it's just a good piece of information to have. Mm. Other things you can do is by boosting your immune system. I've talked about this before when we talk about cancer and so forth, boosting your immune system. Bring berries into your diet, blueberries, just one cup of blueberries a day. You can get them frozen in a big bag for like 10 bucks. One cup of blueberries can double the natural killer count. Those natural killer cells are what attack viruses and bacteria. Mm. Turkey tail mushroom, triamides versicolor can triple, quadruple your natural killer count at a dose-dependent basis. So it just takes a couple of grams a day of this mushroom you can get in tablet form to really significantly boost your immune system. Bovine colostrum. Colostrum is the first cofactor that a mother gives to its baby and, and has all these amazing phytochemicals and has these amazing immunoboosting uh, factors like IgE, IgA, and so forth. So maybe having a little of that in your diet is not a bad thing. You know, black elderberry for centuries has been known to be antiviral. You know, mm. little steps, not going crazy. What is black elderberry? Is that a tea? Well, it's a berry. Right. That comes off of, uh, off of, a, of a shrub. Um, the shrub itself is toxic, but the berry has extremely uh, antiviral, antibacterial properties to it. And it's it's been known to be very beneficial. You can get it in lozenges. You can get it in syrup at the at CVS you can, or any drugstore. You can mm. get, it's called Sambucus and many other names. 
like I said, you could take it as a syrup. You could put it in your tea. You can have it as a lozenge. There's so many other things you can do. And again, these are simple tasks that you can take to just boost your immune system so that you can live your life. Yeah. And not be in fear. Let's not be in fear. Yeah. You know, and, so and also wash your hands regularly, right? When you go outside. Important, yeah. Yep. And they say you, you should wash your hands for anywhere from 10 seconds to 15 seconds because the the phospholipids and all those things in the soap break down the lipid barrier in these viruses. But you need a little bit of time, so wash your hands like you're a surgeon. You know, 10 seconds or so to break down anything that's on. You use uh, hand sanitizers. You, I, in fact, if I, you can find it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Went to, went to CVS yesterday, totally sold out. Right. Well, you know, I bought for all my kids, each one of them, a small hand sanitizer for their cars. So just mm -hmm. a good habit of, because the biggest way we transmit these viruses, believe it or not, is we're touching our face all the time. We, yeah. we do it and we don't even think about it. Yeah. So get into the habit of sanitizing your hands, washing your hands, and, and, and just you know, a few things like you know, increasing vitamin C and some of these other things into your diet is just a very smart thing to do amid this virus or any other virus. Mm -hmm. I mean, the flu kills more people than this virus has ever killed yeah. every year. So yeah. not, not a bad strategy, but let's not panic. Let's not uh, be uh, overzealous about uh, isolating ourselves, <laughs> yeah. which is happening all throughout the world. Mm. Much of it because the media is loves a good story. If it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. And this certainly bleeds. So anyway, that's uh, what I got. Any, anything else in the news on your end? I think, uh, I think we're good, Bill. We covered a lot there. We did, and, and what that means is we're going to head to break, and we'll be back in about two minutes with Mark Teixeira. <laughs> Tex. <laughs> Tex, we'll see you in a few, guys. It started like it does for many people, question my faith and question authority. And I feel that the reason why I left was the, the draw of the world. The world was pulling me away. Some people would say, you know, Satan would, you know, Satan was working on me. He did not want me in church. He wanted me to be desperate. He wanted me to have uh, the thoughts of suicide. I started to realize that a lot of the things that I experienced in my life were a result of my rebellion against God and against authority. Coming back to the church is the first step in healing from all of the hurts of the world. I went from being desperate and in despair to finding hope and encouragement for, for the future. I'm on God's team. I, I know who I belong to, and I know where I'm going, and there's nothing that can separate me from God's love. Take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We asked people all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? Boy, I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze that lasted forever. Great kiss. Those things are really important. <laughs> she got a really short haircut that she hated, and I wrote her a note and put it up on the mirror saying that she was a cute girl with cute hair. What have I done for my marriage today? We've actually organized a date night tonight. What have I done for my marriage today? Wow, that is a great question. Uh, I took the baby while she worked. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. <laughs> today, I sent an email to my husband and I said, you rock. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey. I listened to my wife uh, when we talked on the telephone today. She really likes it when I listen. What have you done for your marriage today? Little things can make a big difference. For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. 
Well, welcome back, my brothers. This is Bill Maher. I'm here with my co-host, George Rose, and we are brothers in arms. And as you guys cycle through the highways and byways of New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania, (laughs) we are here with an amazing guest, our friend, Mark Teixeira. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm great, gentlemen. You? Wonderful, wonderful. Better better for having a chance to hear your your, your talk on uh, this uh, this Saturday at the Catholic Member of Jesus Christ Conference. You really shook shook the, the rafters down, if you will. People are talking <laughs> about it. And you really touched a lot of people. And I, I mentioned to you earlier that uh, every year at that conference, we have some amazing conversions. So uh, I'm, I'm anxious to uh, get our survey back and, and, and see uh, how well we did with uh, our brothers out there. Well, that's great to hear, and and I love the opportunity and just you know, getting to share my faith. And uh, you know, as your uh, as your show says, brothers in arms. I mean, you you need some great Christian brothers around you to to get you through the everyday life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, th- I, this is uh, George Mark, and we're we're happy to count you amongst uh, one of our Christian brothers. And Bill used the word before electrifying when you were speaking, um, and I would concur with that because um, it's not often that. Uh, we get to see a, a guy like you. Everybody's watched over the so many years playing baseball with the Yankees and and winning a world championship and, and all that. And we get seems to talk so openly about about your faith. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was really amazing. Um, and I think it uplifted and encouraged the men, and uh, you know, and it makes it okay for everybody else to talk that way about their faith then too. You know, um, so we we really uh, you know the impact you had that day was huge. Well, thank you, George, and um, you know, I, I hope that uh, in, in the future that you know we have more Christian men that, that can stand up and be leaders. As, as I said in my talk, this this world is lacking leadership, and and one of the things that that I just am, am excited to do and, and proud of is, is being able to share my faith in, in an open forum. And you know, hundreds of men last week and um, in the church in New Jersey, you know, being able to to just see their faces and, and understand that these are the leaders that, uh, that need to go back, you know, go out of the world, the disciples that we need for Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, you're certainly stepping up in that leadership role. I know that, that last year you spoke in, in Baltimore, right, for the Diocese of Baltimore? I do. I do a few of those. I do a few of the talks a year, and um, I, I don't do a, a ton of them, George, because mm-hmm. I, I think, as you guys saw, that um, I don't want this to be a stump speech. It's not a mm. stump speech. It's not canned. Yep. I wrote down a few Bible verses, uh, and that's it. That, that, that's, that talk wasn't prepared. It was from the heart. It was mm. led by the Holy Spirit. And every time I go into a, to a room, whether it's you know, 20 men in a Bible study or a couple hundred in a church, um, I just kind of let the, the, the Holy Spirit guide me. And um, you know, I, I think that's, it's, it's definitely guided me the right way uh, in my adult life, so I'm going to keep, keep going with it. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, it struck me um, uh, on the conference. So uh, I think we set it up real well. I, I was just electrified with the the home run clips <laughs> from the left, from the left, from the right. Start, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, and it was kind of like you know, as you kind of jogging up there, almost onto the onto the the podium, if you will. It was like you were rounding the bases. <laughs> it was so neat, <laughs> and it just brought it so real for everyone. And uh, I don't know, I, I I was tickled by the whole the whole process of leading up to what was an amazing amazing testimony. And and uh, you're a gifted speaker. If that was from the heart, you're a gifted speaker, and you, you definitely need to pray on on whether or not you're called to do a, uh, maybe a little bit more of that, because uh, it, it did touch a lot of guys. So so kudos. Well, thank you. 
Hey, Mark, I wanted to ask um, a little bit about, you know, you're something I think that maybe you didn't talk about, you know, too much is um, uh, some other ways that you are out there in the world, um, you know, spreading the good news and, um, you know, being of service to other people, really. Uh, you know, I, I know that you're pretty involved in, in Harlem, RBI. You're a very generous guy. You've endowed uh, a number of scholarships. Um, I think uh, one at Georgia Tech, I think you made a scholarship permanent there. And and also um, at your high school. And, and you went to St. Joseph, right, if I'm not mistaken? I, I went to Mount St. Joseph in Baltimore. And, you know, I... I tell people I grew up in a middle class family. I had every opportunity to succeed in life. Um, you know, my mom and dad worked very hard. Um, you know, never never wanted for for shoes or books or uh, any type of educational or, or athletic opportunity. And so I think that's that's all that kids need. Um, you know, kids just need that opportunity in, in our inner cities. And obviously, we we could talk for hours about um, you know some of the issues that, that that we have in our country in our inner cities, but. You know what I like to do is just um, you know try to break through some of the uh, some of the obstacles. Mm-hmm. I know these kids have an uphill battle, and giving them opportunities for education for sports is very near and dear to my heart. And um, you know, Dream, as you mentioned, George, formerly Harlem RBI, has been an organization that I've been involved with for the last ten years, and we serve over two thousand kids in East Harlem and South Bronx and Newark, New Jersey, and uh, kids coming from tough situations, and, mm. and we're giving them charter schools and after school programs and summer programs and job training and all of those things that kids need to succeed. Wow. Yeah. And, and I, I think, you know, well, our saint of the month, I, I think I mentioned to you by email is uh, St. Joseph, you know, and, and he is the perfect example of fatherhood, right? The model, yeah. yeah, the model. And, um, I'm sure. Is it, is it called Dream RBI now, Mark? Not Harlem RBI? It's called Dream. Yeah. Because Just Dream. As we, okay. as we expanded into the South Bronx and Newark, uh, keeping the Harlem RBI name was right. <laughs> uh, was a little tough. I mean, imagine if all the uh, if all the Major League Baseball teams were named the Yankees, it'd be <laughs> it'd be a little difficult. <laughs> sure, sure. As, as we went into different as we went into to, to different uh, parts of the tri-state area, we needed to have a little bit more broader name, and so Harlem RBI turned into Dream, and um, so you know, Dream obviously, you know, the word in and of itself is is very important to children especially children growing up in the projects or growing up in single family or single parent households. Mm-hmm. And, and we just, you know, tell these kids, Hey, you know, shoot for your dreams, reach for the stars. Uh, and, and we're going to try to help you out there. And I'm sure in, in these areas, um, you know, our, our saints of the month, St. Joseph, the perfect example of fatherhood. And you're such a great father too. Um, you know, the, the, the crisis of fatherhood in some of those areas, I'm sure is, is, brutal mm-hmm. uh you know and and you're helping to fill that void a bit you know, right and, and I, you it's, can't absolutely i mean it's it's first of all it's heartbreaking um anytime a uh a, a kid grows up without uh without two parents in the house and i give so much credit to to single parents out there because i can only imagine how difficult it is i have three kids um and, and we live in connecticut and two parents with babysitters is tough. I have, right? I've won and I can't imagine it. <laughs> exactly. And so, so I just, I give so much credit to single parent uh, families and, and what they go through. But uh, unfortunately, what it, what it shows is it shows a lack of, of leadership of men, a lack yes. of accountability of some of our men. And, you know, when, when you look at, you know, our Heavenly Father and how much He loved us and how, how important He is to us, and then you look at St. Joseph, how important mm-hmm. He was to, to, 
you know, being the father of, of our Savior. I mean, these are, these are very important jobs that uh, I think when we have examples, you know, like St. Joseph, when we have examples in our schools, uh, on our sports teams, you know, whether, whether it might be an athlete or, or just a coach, uh, these, these kids need great male leadership if they're not going to get it at home. Yeah, they do. In fact, um, statistically, um, in, in an area like that you're working, they're, you're looking at like 77% unmarried rate or, and uh, fatherless rate. It's, uh, it's, it's mind-boggling. And Paul Vitch, uh, who's a former NYU psychologist, and he's down at Divine Mercy University now, wrote a book called Faith of the Fatherless. And what he articulates in that, in that particular work is that faith is passed down through the father. And if there's a lack of a father or an abusive situation, the faith is not passed down. So ultimately, you know, people are, end up, these kids end up in like an existential, you know, crisis. And what you're doing is, is phenomenal because what they did find, if you like polled kids, athletes in particular, next to the father, the most important male influence in their life is, believe it or not, the coach. Mm. So what that tells us is that even if you're in a situation where there is no father in the household, male surrogates, other male surrogates, whether it's an uncle, a friend, a coach, and, and a, someone like yourself, Mark, just showing up, can actually lay a, lay a foundation for a kid and actually help a kid you know, establish a relationship with a male, which ultimately leads, can lead to a relationship with God, because mm. we're like archetypes for God the Father. You know? so, Absolutely. And, and I think what, what we understand is, is listen, there's... You know, as a father, there's only so many kids I can handle. I have three, and we have our hands full, right? But as a teacher, as a coach, as a priest, as a pastor, as 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 male leaders in our world, we can affect thousands of kids. I mean, um, you you look at you know one of my great mentors growing up was my high school principal, and really? there were 250 seniors that graduated every single year from Mount St. Joseph High School, and Barry Fitzpatrick was you know to me and so many young men going through Mount St. Joseph High School was a great leader, was, was somebody that we could all look up to and, and we could mentor. And even though I had a, a strong Christian father at home and, and he gave me uh, so many great lessons about life and faith and, and what it is to be a man, I still need more people around me. We all need more people around mm-hmm. me. We're gonna, you know, these kids are going to go to college. They, they, they need strong male you know, relationships in college. Then you're going to go on after college into the real world, and you're going to, you know, uh, you work in New York City and, and the hustle and bustle, or, or, you know, pretty much you work anywhere in any corporate environment, you're going to need to surround yourself with, with Christian brothers that can keep you on the right path. Wow. So I, I guess getting, for you in your life, getting caught in the principal's office wasn't such a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, well, luckily I, I, was, I was pretty good. You know, I wasn't perfect. Uh, I had a few missteps in high school, but no, nothing, nothing so major. But it's, it's kind of one of those things. When you have a coach or you have a principal that is a godly man that is led by the Holy Spirit, when, when that person then disciplines you or calls you out on something, it, he's calling you out, and, and you almost don't want to disappoint. It's like we, mm. we get so ashamed of our sin with God. We, we're disappointed because, because we, you know, we're sad because we disappointed God. And when you have great male leaders in your life, whether it's your father or your principal or a coach, you don't want to let them down. Um, and so I think it's just it's the standard that we, we should hold ourselves to in society. Yeah, yeah. And don't, and don't minimize yourself, man. Uh, there's a lot of guys listening to this, uh, not only in the New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania metro areas, but all over the world. Um, your role as men, just showing up and being a loving male role model, 
it, with your presence is sometimes all it takes. Amen. So. I mean, if, if if you look at if you look at what God you know truly asks of us, He doesn't ask us to be Major League Baseball players or or build great Fortune 500 companies. You know, He He asks us to be disciples. Mm. And so, you know, whether whether you you know live in a, in a remote area of of the Midwest or or somewhere where you know, you might only affect uh, a few people here and there. A Christian man is a Christian man, and we need more the, more of them in our lives. Right. So and, and, this, it, absolutely. I mean, I I think that you know, one of my messages to to people is that when I when I speak, or even when we're just having dinners, God chose us. We're all chosen, and and you know, I was chosen to be you know a little bit more out in the open, and 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 be a celebrity and be a, uh, an athlete. God chose me to do that, and, and I'm blessed because of that. But there are people that are chosen to be teachers. There, that are, there are men that are chosen to live in um, you know, remote places of this world and be disciples, and we're all called to that. Wow. Yeah, Mark, you know, I was uh, really struck, too, during your talk on, on Saturday that um, your real conversion experience happened when you became a father too, right? When when the, your first son, who I think is 14, 13 or fourteen years 14 old now, now yes. fourteen now, and 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 you talked about, yeah, I had a job, I went to work every day, I had a game, you know, the next day, and I was responsible, but I basically did whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> and having that little that little. Uh, uh, infant, you know, born into your world just changed everything, right? It did. It did. And, and so, you know, I, I tell people there's, there's two yeses. I, I talked about this uh, last Saturday. There's two yeses that we, that we say to God. And, and every Christian, um, you know, the first yes is, yes, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And, you know, a, a lot of times that's, all right, I'm going to show up to church and I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to read the Bible every now and then. I'm going to kind of check some boxes to say, yeah, I mean, yeah, I love God, and yeah, I know Him. He's that's 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 the one I want to follow. Well, let's check that box. That was me, probably my, my, you know my first twenty six years of my life. Uh, I grew up in a Catholic household, church every Sunday. I mean, we were we were a family that was a Christian family, and you know we 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 tried to be good Catholics. Mm-hmm. As you get older, you realize what the second yes is, and the second yes is saying yes. To God's plan for you, saying yes to to serving God and and having God in your life every. Well, well I like think we, we had a little bit of uh, an outage. It sounds like, but you know, to tell a continuous thought that I, I love the idea of a as we try to get Mark back. We'll try online, to get Mark back, yeah. But um, the idea of a first yes and a second yes. First yeah. yes, you know, you know, mass life, all that. But then that second yes in your life to actually. Say, you know what? I want to serve the Lord. That that's that's a tough one in some ways. It's all, it's almost like a, a living your confirmation mm. because you mm. say it at confirmation, but then you got to live it hey, in your life. So it looks like uh, we did get Mark back, uh, but yeah, he'll be right <laughs> so, back on. But um, so so Mark, um, so Mark, as you're back, um, we 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 have you back, Mark. I'm back. Yeah. All right. I'm, not sure what I'm on a landline. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were talking about your second yes. And, the two yeses, uh, yeah. And that kind of struck both George and I as we were uh, waiting for you to come back on. Yeah. So, you know, to, for me, the second yes is saying yes to, to God's plan for you and saying yes to, to being a disciple and living for, for God, not just, not just recognizing God, not just understanding what Jesus Christ did for you, but taking that next step and, and truly living your life for God. And it wasn't until I had my 
my oldest son at 26 years old that I realized how selfish I was. Mm. I realized what, what a true Christian calling is. And so my wife and I, we became much closer as, uh, as uh, a couple. We kind of realized we, we appreciated our parents more, which I think was a really cool thing um, for us to, to understand how much they love us and the sacrifices they made for us. Wow. But it also brought us closer to God, which ultimately was, was such a blessing. Yeah, for, for me, um, this is Bill, I, I can relate 100% what you were saying. I had my first at 25. By the and, way, Mark, um, uh, Bill has eight kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are all slackers. What can I say? <laughs> but uh, but all, all truth, uh, it's like, for me, um, having that first child really taught me how to love. Because um, I remember I had two nieces at the time, and I, I, of course I love my nieces, but I had this like internal like crisis as my wife was pregnant, and I'm thinking, am I going to love this kid the way a dad should love a kid? Because, I mean, I kind of love my nieces, but I, I don't think that that's like the same kind of love mm. I should be having. So I really had this little struggle until that baby was born. And it was an amazing experience. And and going back to the, you know, the, the fatherless households and all those things, can you imagine all those poor men that aren't active in the lives of their children, what they're losing just yeah. on that level yeah. of, of learning to love and, and, and all the humility and growth that comes from being a father. And that's a loss right there as well. Mm. I wonder if we lost Mark again. I think we, we did. I guess we I did. I guess we did. But right. but we still got two amazing uh <laughs> amazing pearls out of Mark that first conversion and that second one answering the call. Um really really phenomenal stuff from a phenomenal guy. And 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 guys, if you weren't there at that conference, man, watching that video of him just crushing the balls, bam, bam. And then all of a sudden him running on stage, it was phenomenal. And he is and he's an amazingly gifted speaker. Um I'm hoping that uh we're gifted with uh you know, be able to start finding him on YouTube and places like that because he's just one of those greats. So as we as we laugh and we get Mark back and, and we bring him back to to the uh, to the mic, uh, uh, we can't help but uh, you know he he must be a great man because you know I think the devil think is we, trying to work him out. Yeah, I think we have Mark back again, Bill. <laughs> Mark, welcome back. Uh, for uh, do we have you? Know, you? Our third our third try. I don't know. Something's going on. I, it's it's something on your end because you guys are you're going in and out. Oh really? Oh, okay. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, well, we'll try to struggle through. Hopefully, we only have about five minutes left. Hopefully, okay. we can make it to the end. But Mark, you had mentioned I think uh, a video that that guys should watch uh, about the two yeses, didn't you? Uh, I think there was oh, a Christian pastor. Yeah, so, so I mentioned I mentioned there there are some there are some podcasts that I follow and some uh, uh, some online you know. Yeah, I, I guess uh, ultimately, uh, you know, gremlins are at the studio and we're having problems. Um, yeah. But um, but again, we thank Mark for 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 coming on and and you know I think yeah. this is on our end ultimately. Yeah, he's on a landline, so uh, it must be uh, our end. Technical well, what a shame! What a shame, guys! We could have had a couple more minutes with this uh, this amazing man. Um, but again, we reiterate. You know, in some ways, having Mark present, because he made the presence that you don't have to be this great baseball star to, to be a good father, a good influence. And, and that's so true. What, what Mark was in some ways for us, he was like a train-the-trainers kind of guy. Yeah. And ultimately, if we can go out and be role models and be present in, in the lives of, of these young men and women, uh, whether the, whether we're a father directly or we're, we're an uncle, you know, showing up, taking our niece or nephew out, um, you know, and, and just being present and so forth is so incredibly important because ultimately, as, as mentioned before, from the work of Paul Vitch, faith 
uh, comes from the Father. You know, we have this this deep responsibility to to be present and to be loving. See, the model that we present to to other people is how they're going to see God ultimately in some ways, and that's how we we were wired. So that you want to be this, you want to be a strong man, you want to be a loving man, you want to be a merciful man. All those attributes can be passed on to that next generation. So, so showing up for the family event and and spending time with your nieces and nephews, spending time with your children becomes it becomes that much more important. Yeah. Well, we'll try to find out for you guys what uh, the podcast that, that he's talking about uh, with the two yeses, because I know he recommended it at the conference, too. Yeah, and we can always put really that up good. on our website, uh, CatholicMenForJesusChrist.org. Um, you know, we have, a, we have some good resources on, on that website. And, and you know, we're, we're ever building to try to actually, you know, feed the men in the diocese more and more. I mean, we, we have the yearly conference. We have... Um, quarterly typically quarterly evenings of reflection we're going to try to do them a little bit more this year billy the evenings of reflection yeah and and for you guys that haven't been there please go you need it my gosh what it is is it starts at six o'clock we'll feed you usually it's a good italian meal you know for you guys out there you know you get to physically eat for physically and spiritually yes yeah, so you'll, you'll eat a meal for an hour then we'll break and we'll have a reflection from a, usually a, a great priest or or spiritual director We'll spend some quiet time after that. Usually there's confessions during that time, and we'll close with a Mass. And ultimately, this entire soup to nuts evening is from 6 p.m. to about 9. So, so it's, it's a great opportunity for us guys that are busy, and we can't spend you know, as much time away from family. Weekends get crazy with sports and all the different things going on there. And of course, we have the importance of the Mass on Sunday. When do we get a chance to really pull away? And you know, for you guys that are in that, that vacuum of, of, of busyness, if you will, this is an amazing opportunity to just pull away a bit and listen and listen to what God's saying to you as a man so that you can, again, carry your crosses throughout the day, be a better husband, be a better brother, be a better uh, uh, sister, father. Well, no, I guess not sister, technically. <laughs> You'd be better to your sister, if you will. But ultimately, it's, it's, uh, it's something that you can do, and that's one of the things we do. We also have, we uh, forward out daily reflections as well to start mm-hmm. your day. The mini reflections, yep. Yeah, and usually it's a sentence From or two. From the Knights of the Immaculata. Yeah, uh, compliments on the Knights of the Immaculata. Um, if you're on our mailing list and if you so want this, uh, this daily reflection, usually it's a couple of sentences to start your day off. And it's just a good way to constantly, you know, if you will, have touches with your Lord. You mm-hmm. know, to break from, from the busyness of the day and, and move forward. So... You know, it's a uh, it's a shame we lost. Uh, yeah, Mark. you know, I was going to ask Mark a um, uh, a question. I had uh, Billy. Maybe I'll ask it to you instead. Okay. Shoot. Who are the four formal former Cardinals in Monument Park at Yankee Stadium? You asked this, and, and this, <laughs> this, this is not the first time he's asked that. And I am not a sports trivia guy. I love playing sports, baseball, well, m- basketball. Most people get the first one. Joe Torre. Joe he Torre. Played for yeah. the St. Louis Cardinals. Who are the other three? Uh, Pope Benedict, Pope John Paul, and Pope Paul VI. How about that? Because <laughs> they, they all well, said Mass at Yankee Stadium. All and they the more reason to be a Yankee fan, folks. Yes, as and, we, and as they were we, all former Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> as we, as we break from this program, uh, despite technical difficulties, guys, be blessed out there. Reach out to Saint Joseph. He's our patron for the month. He's my personal patron. Uh, Reach out to St. Patrick and all the great saints and brothers and sisters in heaven. But most of all, be blessed, and we will see you in a few weeks.